0: Hi, I'm Anna Jane Joyner,
1: and I'm Mary Ann. And this is No Place Like Home, a show that gets to the heart of climate change.
0: Today, Mary Ann and I are catching up on this insane year that was 2017. Good riddance! And what gives us hope in these dark times? We also have a holiday wish we want to share. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends.
1: And now on to this episode of No Place Like Home. there, Anna Jane.
0: Hi, Marianne. Oh my God. This year is
1: almost over. Oh, 2017. The worst and longest year any of us can remember in a long time is coming to an end at long last. How have you been?
0: Other than being a little sick. So sorry, listeners, if I'm um, on the sniffly side, but this is the best I've been all year. The past couple weeks have been just magical. And I am in totally different place <laughs> than I was this time last year. But I just got back from a family wedding on St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And I just wanted to remind everyone that that island is still doesn't, over half of it still doesn't have electricity. And Puerto Rico is also a huge um, chunk doesn't have electricity. And it really was very bad. Like there were tons of down power lines. There was lots of down trees. And they were just so grateful that we came <laughs> because I think a lot of People had canceled their vacations for obvious reasons, but I just want to encourage everyone to please keep giving money to St. Croix and the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. Those people are still really struggling and need our help and they're you know they're American citizens and we need to take care of them. So please keep those islands in your thoughts and prayers and send them money.
1: Well, thank you for the vicarious uh, good feelings because I think we all need them in this very dark uh, ending to a very long year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, seriously. How have you been? What have you been up to?
1: Well, my ray of hope lately, uh, and amidst a lot of of trial and turmoil, has been the holiday season every year. I uh, have been doing the Nutcracker with my daughter, who is a second grader and a little aspiring ballerina with many cute, roles like a nurse mouse and an angel and, as, and whatnot. And so I was recruited uh, to be in the Nutcracker to be, if you remember the Nutcracker, this, it starts with this big party that's being thrown where the little girl, Clara, is the, you know, the daughter that gets the Nutcracker as a gift and um, her little brother Fritz breaks it. And so I am the mom of Clara and Fritz hosting the fancy party that starts off the Nutcracker. And um, it has been very special. Uh, One more thing I just want to mention that we just did is that we just kicked off a podcast, a new podcast. It's a a mini series kind of at the Sierra Club that I got to narrate, which was so much fun. And it's called The Land I Trust. And you're going to love this, Anna Jane, because it's stories from the South. And it's stories of people who've been affected by dirty energy and who are fighting for clean energy and are... It's the kind of personal, beautiful unforgettable storytelling that is why people listen to podcasts in the first place. And we got these very uh, experienced and incredible audio storytellers to go around the South and capture these stories. And then I had the privilege of narrating this new podcast. So I would encourage folks to check it out. It's called The Land I Trust. It's up now. You can get it at sc.org slash stories or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's uh, something that I'm really proud we put together at the Sierra club. And I think our listeners are going to like, since they are they are fans of of storytelling and Southern stories and climate stories and all that is in one place. So kudos to everyone involved and, and be sure to check that out. So that's one highlight of the end of the year, but we're going to be wrapping up 2017 in this in this podcast and reflecting. And so I want to I want to start it off with you because you've been in the middle of a lot of action.
0: Yes. So speaking of the South, um, I was just elated to support the Doug Jones campaign for Senate, and it was such a fascinating journey. You know, I live in Alabama now, so I almost felt like it was like a mystical experience to just happen to have moved there during a Senate election where we actually had a shot at winning. And I, you know, I started looking at the race a couple months ago, way before anyone else was paying attention to it. And even then before the allegations came out, it was really close. He was, um, you know, more was only winning or only leading by like four to six points. So I rallied some of my brilliant campaigner friends from Alabama and around the country. And we raised money um, to support a really awesome group called Woke Vote that helps um, inspire and get out the vote and engage African-American millennials. And they played a critical role in the race. And then I also just went, you know, did kind of old school organizing, you know, went door to door with a bunch of amazing volunteers in Baldwin County, which is the county I live in. And I was so impressed by, by these uh, Alabamians organizing skills. I mean, they had it down to an art and people turned out like one of the campuses I went to had over 30 people. And, um, you know, my, my County is one of the more conservative ones in the state. So it didn't go blue, but it swung by 32 points, which is insane <laughs> to me, but yeah, just the energy, like I, you know, I, it's Alabama. So I was trying to be very pragmatic and not get my hope up too much, but being on the grounds I was like, there really this really seems possible. There's a lot of positive energy, even in places like Baldwin County, which are historically very conservative. You know, you've saw probably 10 to 1 Doug Jones signs versus Roy Moore signs. We walked in the Foley Christmas parade and we had overwhelming support. And Foley is not a liberal haven by any means. And so it was just so encouraging to me after this really hard year to feel the energy and inspiration from people who have lived in Alabama for decades and who haven't had hope for decades. And all of a sudden, you know, they have hope again and they're working so hard and it really did revive my spirits and my hope. So thank you so much to everyone in Alabama and everyone around the country who helped with that race. It was a um, transformative moment for me and for the country and I I just couldn't be more grateful to for that experience. Um it it really did put me in a mindset where even though it's been a really hard year, I feel invigorated and hopeful and ready to get to work on 2018 and um also I I had some I kind of I'm still gleaning lessons because it was such a crazy experience, but a couple of the things that I took away from from that experience That I just wanted to share with our listeners. Um, Well, you
1: know, I can't wait to hear those lessons, but I kind of just want to stop on the hope. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to drop the mic right there and be like, see you 2017. We're coming for you 2018.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, I, I mean, just based on where I was last year mentally and emotionally and spiritually and where I am this year, like, you know, who would have thought this time last year that a Democrat could win in Alabama. And that's that, you know, that was my first big lesson is, you know, David Roberts, one of our guests, um, once said like our job as climate activists, but also just as concerned citizens and activists in the world right now is to make the impossible possible. And that's what we did in Alabama. We took an incredibly difficult, um, almost seemingly impossible thing and we made it happen. And I just think we have to remember that, you know, history, is not, you know, the way that history unfolds is not linear. We never know what's going to happen and how much our work now, even when it feels hopeless and dark, could lead to something powerful and hopeful and good in the future. So make the impossible possible. Also show up. Like I, I really hope the Democrats learn to show up in every race and to never take, you know, things for granted like that. I was absolutely astounded by by the just the incredible energy of of Democrats and progressives and even moderate Republicans in Alabama, um, and and I, it's sad to me that they've been overlooked for so long because they really do merit um, support and um, engagement. And um, the last one that was huge for me was listen to Black women. You know, Black women turned out to vote for Doug Jones at ninety eight percent, and um, it was just you know. And especially in Alabama, where voter suppression and racism and all these horrible things are just rampant, even still today. Uh, you know, I you know I had a hard time getting out of bed last year. I can't imagine what it would feel like to endure that kind of hardship and I- insanity over decades and then still just show up. So one big lesson for me is is how do I be- better support um, the work of black women? That's one of my big things. Focuses going into the next year is is how can I better do that in my life.
1: Yeah, and I think not just support. In addition to supporting the work, it's supporting the leadership.
0: Hundred percent. Well, so I'm just my big takeaway is never give up, show up, hold on to hope like your life depends on it because it does.
1: Uh, You know, in 2017, for me, looking back, um, I am carrying both this like very heavy heart and um, this like steely determination based on a lot of the things I've seen grassroots folks do. Um, and, you know, there there are just these big, when it comes to fight for our our future, you know, there is these setbacks that you just can't sugarcoat. You know, Trump's announcement that he was going to leave the Paris Agreement, um, the takeover, takeover of the EPA by a bunch of polluter lobbyists in, uh, headed up by Scott Pruitt, um, and then we just are as as we're recording this. The tax bill is passing in the Congress, and and it is an attempt in there, it, built in there, as an attempt to open up the the sacred Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to oil and gas drilling for the first time ever. The home of the porcupine caribou herd and the the uh, which the Guchin Nation uh, depend on and have so for thousands of years. And so, you know, the rollbacks of national monuments to the tune of millions of acres. I mean, we cannot sugarcoat those things. And that's the, like the heavy, the heaviness I'm carrying in my heart about 2017. And, and then at the same time, we have seen the American people and our civil society and our cities and our businesses step up in this way that, uh, frankly, may not have happened otherwise, because there is a sense that, that we can't look, we can't wait for Washington To solve this for us. And we have to step up and we have to lead in our families and in our cities and our towns. And so, you know, there's lots of examples of that. There's the, we are still in coalition that kind of debuted in Bonn, Germany at the climate talks that have made up of all these thousands of cities and businesses and companies saying we're still in to meet the Paris target. Um, And then they're at the same climate talks, which I got to attend there was a coalition called the Powering Past Coal Alliance of over two dozen um, countries saying we are going to phase out coal in our countries as the most immediate and important first step we can take to turn the corner on climate change. So like the first ever sort of diplomatic uh, effort to end coal at the national scale. So the the whole shift from coal to clean energy, it got ratcheted up in a way that has never happened before. It became at the forefront of international diplomacy. It became a priority for entire nations. And during uh, the past year, coal plants retired under Trump. At the same rate that they did under Obama. During the first uh, the Obama years we were retiring coal plants about one every 15 days and we have been retiring them about one every 15 days under Trump and we have now crossed the milestone of having over half the coal plants in the United States announced to retire and we have record level clean energy projects some of the biggest wind projects in the country were announced last year. Offshore wind for the first time uh, off the coast of the Northeast is starting to happen. Solar is growing at a record level. So even though there are these very heavy, serious, undeniable setbacks, there's also this sort of resurgence of civic engagement and activism and leadership and projects and megawatts and gigawatts and tons of carbon coming out of the air. Um, And I think that that's kind of... I'm I'm coming out of 2017 with the feeling of being very like sobered by how much bad can happen in one year and being very reassured and very determined by how much good we can make happen uh, even in the midst of all that. So I am still very determined and resolved. We're going to turn the corner on climate change. We're going to get to a place where we again can lead as a nation, but it's, it's a hard year. And, uh, and thank God for all the people out there who are doing everything they can to keep moving us forward.
0: It was a doozy.
1: Yeah. And I think this means 2018 is going to be pivotal, whether it's the elections or whether it's uh, all of this uh, work that I'm talking about and uh, the fate of the fossil fuel industry and the clean energy industry. And 2018 is going to be a pivotal year.
0: Good riddance, 2017. (laughs) Get
1: get thee behind me, 2017. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Rob Bell show, The Robcast. And his most recent episode was about the mythic... It's with this guy, Alexander Shia. um, And the actual title of the episode is The Mythic Power of Christmas. And there's a quote by this guy, Alexander Shia, who's sort of a scholar of all this. Uh, He said, Christmas teaches us something that is beyond hope. Hope is a great place to start, but Christmas wants us to know, to know, not just to hope, but to know that it is precisely in the deep dark that the new grace is born. And he goes on to say, it's in the deepest dark where the radiance is reborn. And one of the practices that help us get there is generosity. And so that's what I'm taking with me into this, frankly, what is a very dark time is that waiting for the grace and the radiance that's going to be reborn out of this time. And what kind of generosity can I bring to every day and every moment to help, help bring that about?
0: I love that so much. I've experienced so much of that just in my personal life, like some of the darkest times I can possibly imagine, but also some of the most beautiful and hopeful. Um, And I think our country is experiencing that sort of tension. And it, it it brings to mind the quote, like they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. And so that's what I'm taking forward moving into 2018. This has been an insane year. They are trying hard to bury us, but... There is so much grace and generosity and hope and um, we can make something beautiful out of this very harrowing, harrowing um, situation. So I hope our listeners take that home too. That is definitely my my wish for y'all this uh, holiday season and moving into a new year. Thank God.
1: Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> oh. winter solstice, Christmas, Advent, however you are celebrating, this is a time of darkness and we will birth some new light and radiance and grace out of it it's the last thing we ever do (laughs) love to you Anna Jane love to everyone out there and we will see you in 2018 yay all right that just about does it for us Anna Jane and I want to wish y'all a happy new year and thank you for listening today and every day and thanks also to the great Van River Wireless for our theme music
0: This episode was produced by podcaster genius, Zach Mack, who is not going to get coal in his stocking this year. We are sure of it. Thank you so much for another phenomenal year of podcast, Zach. You're the best.
1: Y'all, again, our holiday wish to you is that you subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review on iTunes. That is how other people find the podcast and how you can help us get the word out.
0: You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be posting all episodes and updates about upcoming episodes on our Twitter page at NPLH Podcasts. So be sure to follow us there.
1: If you like our show, if you have questions, or if you want to be part of it by recording a dinner party climate pack for upcoming episode, tweet at us. We would love to hear from you and we will tweet back at you. Again, we are at NPLH podcast.
0: And remember, there's no place like home.